Bibles and turn with us, if you would, to the book of Titus. Titus chapter number 1 this morning. I do have a patriotic message. And uh, I had studied, a me- worked on a message this week and uh, with history and different things in it and uh, that I wanted to preach. And, uh, but it just never did come to life. Amen. And uh, if you're a preacher, you know what that is. You can put information together. You can put all kinds of things together. Uh, but if it doesn't have God's breath on it, God's approval, uh, then it's just, it's just dead orthodoxy. Amen. Uh, but I tell you, I was going to preach it. And I got up this morning was praying. And God just dropped this thought in my uh, heart this morning. So I pray that it will be a help to you. Titus chapter number 1. If you look with us, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible said, Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledging the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One in themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and to every good work reprobate. Let's bow for a word of prayer then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, God, as we bow in your presence this morning, Lord, we want to thank you for the singing that we've heard this morning, for your presence that's been in this place. And God, we thank you for your people that have gathered here. Lord, I pray if there's a sinner under the sound of our voice this morning, that today would be their day of salvation, that now would be the accepted time. I ask you to give us liberty and vocabulary to say only what you would have us to say. May you be glorified, may your Son be magnified, and may the church be edified this morning. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. I want you to notice with me in the early verses of this chapter that we've read tonight or this morning that Paul is going to lay a foundation here. And I want to preach this morning on this subject on the heart and soul of America the heart and soul of America. Notice with me in verse number one, Paul's identity as Paul makes himself known. But we see his humanity. He begins this epistle off by saying Paul. He doesn't identify himself in any other way to begin with, but he shows us the human side of him. And then he shows us his humility as he says that he is a servant of God. Amen. And most of the time, Paul would say a servant of Jesus Christ first. But here he identifies 
identifies himself as a servant of God. You know, we that are saved this morning, that's who we are. Uh, We're humans, but thank God we're servants uh, of the Most High God. And I'm glad to be a part of his family. I'm glad to be one of his servants this morning. And so, Paul, we see his humility and his humanity. And then we see his honor. He is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he was helpful uh, to the faith of God's elect according to the acknowledging the truth, uh, uh, which is after godliness. You ought to circle that word godliness there because in chapter 1, that's the theme of the entire book. In chapter 1, the theme is godliness in the church. In chapter 2, it's the theme is godliness in the home. And then chapter 3 is godliness in the world. I'm telling you, God has separated us and he's called us apart that we as his people might be a godly people. Amen. He said, ye which are holy as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's lifestyle. Amen. And the word godliness just simply means to be like God. It means to be holy as Christians this morning. That is our identity. That's what separates us from this world uh, is holiness. The Bible said without holiness uh, no man shall see the Lord. Amen. And so we see Paul's identity. Then we see Paul's security in verse 2. He said in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. I'm glad I've got a hope this morning. Amen. I'm glad I've got life this morning. I'm glad I got a promise this morning. And the reason we have hope uh, in verse 2 and the reason we have life uh, and the reason we have a promise uh, is because we have a God. Amen. Uh, in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie a promise before the world began. And so we see Paul's identity and we see Paul's security. But when we get to verse 3, I want you to note this this morning. We see Paul's ministry. Amen. Uh, by the Bible says here, but hath in due times uh, manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. I want you to think about the ministry of Paul this morning uh, because I believe the ministry of Paul uh, is the heart and the soul of America this morning. Uh, you see, the heart and soul of America is not Motown. Somebody say man. It's not rock and roll music. Somebody say man. It's not country music. Uh, uh, listen, the heart and soul of America is not sports and it sure isn't Hollywood. Uh, uh, my friend, the heart and the soul uh, of this nation that's always made it great uh, has been God's men. It's been preaching uh, and it's been preachers. Uh, and Paul gives us the heart and the soul uh, of the Christian and the heart and the soul of our nation is that it was built on a solid foundation that was sung about this morning. Uh, how firm a foundation uh, you saints of the Lord uh, is laid uh, in his excellent word. Uh, I'll tell you what's kept this country afloat for 247 years. Uh, it's been God called, uh, uh, God sent, uh, uh, God anointed, uh, uh, God touched men uh, uh, that have carried the gospel uh, to the corners of this nation and preached it without the fear and the favor of man. Hallelujah. And brother, if there's ever been an hour when we need preaching, it's the hour we're living in this morning. And what I see in this text, I see the clarity of this ministry. He said, but hath in due times, notice this, manifested his word. Amen. You know how you heard the word of God? Somebody preached it to your soul. Amen. You know what brought me to an altar? What got me under conviction? What got my heart right? What's kept my home right? It's my friend the preaching of the Bible and God has manifested his word. Amen.
and we see the clarity and we see the channel. It's through preaching, amen? We see the commitment which is committed unto me. I'm telling you, if you're a preacher, a God-called preacher, there's a commitment in your soul uh, that you cannot even explain to me. I'm telling you, listen, every Christian is to be committed to the Word of God, but a man that's truly called of God, he's committed to the ministry. He's committed to preaching, amen? I'm telling you this morning, if I didn't have a place to preach, uh, hey, something rise up, that would rise up in me. I may have to go get on a stump. I may have to go out in the field. I may have to find a street corner. Wherever it is, it doesn't matter. But there's a commitment, hallelujah, for God's men to preach the word of God. Amen. They preached it in prison. They preached it on foreign soil. They preached it on land. They preached it on sea. They preached it with freedom. And they preached it in bondage. What is it? There's a commitment for God's men. We have a lot of preachers today that can take it or leave it. And I want to tell you, they may wear the title of a preacher, but they're not a God, they're not a man of God. A man of God has something deep in the recesses of his soul. It's what he lives for every single day. Hear me this morning. God's men that preach the gospel and have stood. They've been committed to it. It's their life. It's their legacy. It's what they live for. They don't care about popularity. They don't care about fame. They don't care about fortune. But they care every day they get up. And they just want to preach the word of God. I'm telling you, preaching will stir you. And preaching will help you and preaching will move you and preaching will set you right I say thank God for me who were committed to preach amen a man that's not committed to preach needs to give it up and go get an honest job, amen, and just live and be a Christian. Isn't that right? Uh, and let somebody else preach, amen. Uh, be honest enough to say you're not, if you're not committed, you're probably not called, amen. That's the truth. And this morning I see the commitment, I see the commandment unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. And we see Paul the servant. We see Titus the son in verse 4. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now watch verse number 5. Here's Paul's responsibility. He said, for this cause. Paul has a twofold cause in this verse. And it's the heart and soul of America. The cause is to leave, the first cause is to leave them a man. He said to Titus, uh, he said, for this cause lift I thee in Crete. You know, God's always had a man. And God's always had another man coming up in the shadows. Elijah went by one day and thrust his mantle on Elisha. Elisha was a man's man, I would say, because the Bible says he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. That's a pretty good uh, man that can plow with 12 yoke of oxen. Uh, He was out there in the field and Elijah laid his mantle on him one day. And then one day Elijah was taken up into heaven and the mantle of Elijah fell. And Elisha picked it up and went down to the Jordan and smote the waters uh, and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And I'm going to tell you the same God... uh, Uh, that was with Elijah was with Elisha. Amen. I'm telling you the same God that was with D.L. Moody and the same God that was with Charles Spurgeon and the same God uh, that was with Billy Sunday. He's still calling men today. He's still equipping men today. Uh, He's still filling men with his word. Uh, We're not left without men of God in this hour. We may not have a lot of good politicians, but thank God we still got some good preachers in this country. 
And brother, he, I see that he left. Uh, his responsibility was to leave them with a man. And then his responsibility in verse 5 was to leave them with a plan. Notice this. He said, uh, for this cause left I the increase that thou, the man of God, should have set in order the things that are wanting and ordained elders in every city as I appointed thee. I'm telling you what churches need in this country today. Uh, they don't need a politician in the pulpit. They don't listen. They don't need a pansy in the pulpit. They don't need a philosopher in the pulpit. What they need some God called uh, men, uh, my friend, full of the Holy Ghost uh, that'll preach the word of God in power uh, for the burden for souls uh, and a burden to help somebody. We need it in this hour, don't we, tonight, this morning. And I'm preaching on the heart and the soul of America. Men of God, in this text, uh, Paul lays it out before Titus. If he's going to be God's man, God's preacher, there's some things that he has to realize this morning. And I want to tell you today, I'm thank God. Uh, listen, there, I love this whole country, don't you? I love the north, I love the south, I love the east and the west, amen. And we're one nation this morning uh, and I know that we are a nation that is divided but we're not near as divided as the liberals uh, and all this cancel culture and wicked society. They're doing the dividing is what they're doing. I'm gonna tell you something, going up and down these roads uh, and from place to place, uh, there's people sitting in every church and even lost people that you see when you go into businesses and places, uh, they're fighting mad, boiling mad, uh, ain't no like what's going on in this country. They've had a taste of freedom and liberty and they want to keep it. Amen. I want to say I love America this morning. Don't you? I thank God for this nation and I thank God for the liberty and I thank God for the freedom. But what's kept this country where it needs to be is old time Holy Ghost, heaven sent, heart fell, double dip, died in the wall, Mount Sinai, preaching. Amen. And we need it, don't we? When men don't preach for a paycheck, but the souls of men. And this morning, Paul lays it out for Titus. And he tells him if he's going to be God's man, here, I want to give you these thoughts and be done. Number one, if he's going to be God's preacher, God's man, he's going to have to be biblical this morning. I want you to remember today that the men of God that have labored and carried the gospel, and I love preachers, I love them for their life, their labor, their love for God, their Lord, amen, how that they preach against sin and they preach salvation and they preach security and the second coming, spirit-filled men that preach the spirit-filled life and they preached under the anointing of God and Paul says to Titus here, if you're gonna be that man, there's some qualifications, you, you gotta be biblical, amen, he said in verse number six, he began to lay them out he said you gotta be blameless, the husband of one wife, you gotta have faithful children that's not accused of right unruly for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God you can't be self-willed you can't do what you want to you can't fly off the handle and be soon angry you can't be given to wine you can't be a striker amen you can't ball your fist up and be wanting to fight you can't be given to filthy lucre that's the riches and the money of this world you can't be in the ministry for the dollar can I get a witness on that it can't be about listen fattening your pocketbook you got to be a lover of hospitality a lover of good men. Here's something he's saying. You need to be sober, amen. I think a preacher ought to be able to laugh. And I like to laugh in church a little bit because if you, well, we'll just leave that alone. 
Sometimes I make you laugh not because I want you to laugh. It may not help you, but it sure helps me. The most uh, sour faces you see, not a sobering face, but a sour face. You know where you see them a lot of times? The house of God. And laughter is like a good medicine. I believe in all that, but I don't believe in being a clown. I don't believe in being silly. I don't believe in making light of the sacred things of God. I don't think we ought to come to church and go to a comedy show. That's just me this morning. I'm telling you, listen, this is serious business. Uh, Souls are at stake. Uh, Lives are at stake. Uh, I'm sure, listen, I'm not against it being lighthearted and humorous at times. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Uh, But brother, we've got to be sober. Uh, People are in need of the gospel and their families hanging by a thread. Uh, and there's young people going to hell and a man of God when he gets up he ought to be on a mission and he ought to have a mandate and he ought to have a message and he ought to have a touch and he ought to preach my friend with a sobering mind hallelujah talking about being biblical just right in his decision what about this word here it is again notice it holy the Bible said holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now this morning, if I walked in here and God help, if I did, listen, I, somebody's either gave me two, they, listen, I've lost my mind if I do this, okay? But if I come in here with a ragged out t-shirt and cut up jeans, amen, and some kind of flip-flops or something, some weed eater haircut, and I stood up here this morning, I'm telling you, and tried to, I would hope, and I would believe you would, that this congregation would, enough, would have enough decency and morality about them to say, hey, preacher, you've either lost your mind and need some medical help, or you need to get on the altar and get right with God, or you need to go, listen, you need to go apply for another job somewhere else. Amen. Hey, that's just the way it is. Uh, that's the standard from the pulpit all the way to the back pew. Amen. That's not a standard on sinners this morning. Uh, but I'm telling you, for saved people, that's a member of a church, we ought to be holy. Isn't that right? Uh, brother, listen, we don't hear enough preaching on it anymore, uh, but I tell you, our dress ought to be right. Uh, uh, listen, we ought to look right. We ought to look like a Christian. Amen. And when you go to church, you ought to look like you're going to church and not a ball game. Amen. You ought to look like you're ready to go to the house of God. And we ought to cover our flesh. Can I get a witness on that? And men of God, hey, I'm not just talking about church members. It bothers me that we got so-called preachers nowadays don't have a lick of standards about their dress. They don't care how they dress. They don't care how their wife dresses. Oh yes, I'm going to go there this morning. I'm going to plow her down as deep as I can. I hope I don't leave a clod in the field. nowhere. I'm telling you, friend, it ought to mean something to be a man of God and if you don't have enough character and morality my friend to be modest in your apparel seven days a week you ought to quit preaching amen and that goes for the man the man. but it goes for his wife and goes for his children and we're to be examples amen we're not perfect but we ought to be blameless hallelujah we ought to be blameless say so brother Gravely you think you're holy I'm not holy enough I can tell you that much Never been a day in my life where I thought I was holy. I've never said to myself, man, you're a holy person. No. But I want to strive for it. And I'll tell you what I don't want to do this morning. I don't want to do anything that, number one, brings a reproach on my Lord. Number two, I don't do anything that brings a reproach on my family. And I don't do anything to bring a reproach on my church. Is that right this morning? 
I'm telling you, men of God used to be holy, amen. I'm telling you, 35 years ago, Southern Baptist preachers had more convictions than a lot of independent preachers do today, amen. They just chunked it all out the window. Some men of God had passed off the scene and now they feel like they got a free pass. All that is is time. I'm gonna tell you, truth reveals men for who they are and trials reveal men for who they are, but time will reveal men for who they are. You just give some people enough time and their true colors are gonna come shining through. But if your loyalty is to Christ and if your loyalty is to please Him and to honor Him and to serve Him, then we're to be holy. Amen. If you're going to be a preacher, you're going to have to give some things up in life. And then temperate. This morning, a man of God, the heart and the soul of America, God's preachers, we've got to be biblical. We're living in a time when men of intellect and education have placed a lot of emphasis on being biblical when it comes to the, the mental uh, let's, uh, uh, capa or, or aspect as far as, well, let's be line upon line, let's be precept upon precept, and I believe every bit of that. But let's be biblical in our dress, our standard, our way of thinking. And by the way, if you go line upon line and precept upon precept, it will take care of everything, won't it? Brother, I'm telling you, preaching the Bible doesn't leave a stone, doesn't turn this morning. You young men, listen to me. You keep your hair short and don't look like a hippie. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. Get it off your ears and get it off the back of your collar. Amen. Go get a good haircut. Amen. And don't listen. Don't grow it down in your eyes. Amen. When we look at you, we think we're looking at, uh, you know, we think we're looking at uh, a Sasquatch, you know, uh, because you've grown your hair all the way down here. Amen. I mean, get a haircut. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, I'm just talking about that's good old-fashioned preaching. You say, where'd where'd that come from? I reckon it came from the glory world. Uh, uh, Just swallow it and do it. Amen. And God will bless you. I'm talking about, listen, that's the kind of preaching I grew up on. And thank God for a man of God and pull the hammer back and just preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Stay out of the movie house, amen. Stay off the ungodly websites. Stay out of the wickedness, amen. If you can't handle a phone, throw it in the river, amen. People got by a whole lot before it ever came along. You'll survive in this walk of life. I'm telling you, friend, live a clean life. Live holy. Do right. Don't play the lottery. Somebody say amen. Don't get your eyes on another woman. Somebody say amen. Don't touch the liquor bottle and don't touch the beer and stay out of the package store and stay out of the beer joints and don't get on dope and stay away from drugs and don't dress like a harlot. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about saved people. Live holy. Hallelujah. You know why I say that? You say, why are you preaching all that? Because we're the salt of the earth. The problem with America this morning isn't a bunch of crooked politicians and we got them, friend. The problem with America is a bunch of compromising complacent, lazy, no good for nothing church members and preachers, amen, that don't have enough conviction or stand for anything. Listen, they back, listen. we're not praying. You don't have to bow your head, amen. I'm telling you, my friend, we're living in a society that's so ultra-sensitive they can't hardly take anything. And I'll tell you, these young people can probably take more preaching than a lot of folks sitting in churches nowadays across this country because they've had a steady diet of it, amen. You know what? Every one of you look dressed nice this morning. Don't change your standards when you get married. When you move out, you keep it right and keep it tight. The heart and soul of America 
has been godly people. People that's lived godly. Biblical. And then notice in verse number 10, he tells them not only does God's man need to be biblical, but he needs to be bold. Why does a man of God have to be bold? You ever thought about that? The answer is in verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain, you'll circle this, talkers. People that like to talk. As a man of God, you'll have to get past what people say about you. Amen. You can't take polls, amen, to, to figure out what people's thinking about you. You just got to keep on going and let the chips fall where they are. Who knows who will be left standing in the end. But I'm telling you this morning, there's a lot of uh, unruly uh, uh, and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Now here's what Paul said to Titus. He said, whose mouths uh, must be stopped. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, he's talking about false uh, teachers and preachers. We understand that. I'm going to tell you in a church the same thing's true. Amen. Uh, There's vain, unruly. There's unruly church members across this country. I'm telling you, listen, I've been in churches uh, uh, where you could tell, been, been there probably uh, one night, and you could tell there was a daddy rabbit or it was a family-owned and operated church, uh, and the preacher wasn't nothing more than a puppet, not because he didn't have a backbone, but because they wouldn't let him do nothing. Uh, God isn't in 10,000 miles of that. Amen? Uh, I'm telling you, a church needs a pastor. They need a man of God. Uh, they need somebody that'll step up uh, and will do the leading. Amen? And to uh, find the will of God and the mind of God and be humble enough to do God's will. But there's going to be times uh, when a preacher just going to have to be bold uh, because there's unruly people and this is the most unruly hour that I've ever seen wouldn't you agree with that this morning I'll tell you why it is this morning hear me and hear me well a, a lack of spirituality brother when preachers preach bold people lived right isn't that right you wasn't going to walk up to them and get them to back up. And I'll tell you what made God put it in. I'm not talking about men being mean spirited. But I'm talking about they were straightforward, wasn't they? And you either got in or got out or got run over. And we still need that. And nowadays, guess what? You preach like this and you'll get a look or two. I've already had about three or four this morning. But it doesn't make me, listen, it doesn't scare me. I've been looking at Baptists long enough. All it does is encourage me. Amen. You'd be better off to smile like a possum. Make me think you're having the time of your life. I'll move on. Amen. But whenever somebody frowns and looks at you, I, I know I done, I done treed one. Amen. I done got one up a tree. Amen. And so that lets me know I'm on the, I'm on the trail. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm telling you, Brother Laddie, I'm on it right now. I can tell you that much. Amen. Hey, might be somebody sitting there saying, I'll never be back again. Well, we're going to load your wagon down real good while you're here. Amen. We're going to give you all we got this morning. I'm not even thinking about quitting. Amen. So don't hold your breath. I'm just telling you right now. Thank God for preachers, amen, that were bold enough to look us in our God-given eyeballs and preach, and they cared for our souls, amen. I'll tell you a man that'll stroke you on the head and pat you on the back and tell you how sweet you are and how wonderful. He don't care for you, friend. He's interested in his own gain. But when you get along with God and you get God's message, I'm telling my friend, they just will preach and they'll come up in you, amen. I feel it this morning. Unruly, vain talkers, their mouths have to be stopped. I learned a long time ago, whenever somebody runs their mouth, don't get up and preach on it, just go to them. 
Is that right? Now, if 10 of you was to start that, then I'm going to preach on it. Because it's too exhausting to go to 10 people. I just get up and preach on gossip, and we'll get, amen, give an invitation. But when it's one, just go to them and just, you got to do that, don't you? And while I'm on the subject, if you're lending an ear to somebody, you're as guilty as the one running their mouth. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, listen, they'll poison you and they'll change your mindset. I've seen it as a pastor, amen. I've watched good people love their church, love the preacher, love the preacher's wife and love the church, amen. They're just happy, but they got them a friend in church uh, and they got to listen to all that garbage and all that criticism and they always preference it by now. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying, no, listen. And listen, if you can't have a positive spiritual conversation with somebody in the church, you don't need to have one at all. Can I get an amen right there? You need to treat them like they got leprosy and they're highly contagious. Uh, you can love them and pray for them, but you do it from a distance. Amen. Don't you let somebody uh, poison what you think about the church. Uh, don't let them change your critical spirit. Uh, don't let them hand you a cup of bitterness uh, and you drink it down. Are you with me this morning? Uh, I'm talking about their mouths. Uh, it must be stopped. Uh, you know why people don't repent? They don't hear preaching like that anymore. That's right. Probably some folks need to hear it this morning. Why, preacher? Why be bold? Because these people who won't stop running their mouth, look at verse number 11. The Bible said they subvert whole houses. They teach things which they ought not and for filthy lucre's sake. Here's what Paul said about them. One of, them's, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Christians, they're always liars. Evil beasts, that means they're lurking. Slow bellies, that means they're lazy. Doesn't that define a lot of this generation today? Lazy. And Paul said, this witness is true. Here's what he said. Look at verse number 12, verse 13. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be what? Sound in the faith. I thank God this morning for every time a preacher, I thought about that verse, rebuked me sharply from the pulpit. You know why he did that? So I could be sound in the faith. You know what bold preaching will do? And I'm not talking about getting, I'm going to tell you, I got no, no desire to beat the sheep this morning. Because I'm one of you, and I'm telling you, my flesh is just as rotten as anybody's in this building. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes I've had to have a good, sharp rebuke. You know what it'll do, Brother Laddie? It pulls me right back where I need to be at. Amen. Isn't that the way your parents used to be growing up? You'd be getting a little too big for your britches, too mouthy. And you'd get a sharp rebuke. Mom or dad look at you and say, boy, you open your mouth again, I'm going to knock your teeth out. Y'all remember that? I love to say that because this, this, this easy society, it just, it just throws them for a loop. They won't run out the door and call defects on me. Amen. I thank God for parents. My parents weren't even saved. And the truth is they probably would have knocked my teeth out. Amen. They're like, boy, keep running that mouth. Right? Say what? Say it. They used to say stuff like, I dare you. Now, what about a parent? But that was universal. Oh, I, I dare you. Do it one more time. Boy, I appreciate that, don't you? I'm glad my parents, I wasn't them, but I'm so glad my parents didn't sit down and try to have a discussion with me to figure out why I was talking. Or time out. They rebuke me sharply. And you know what? Same thing's true about preaching. I remember men of God that rebuked me sharply 
it brought me, it woke me up is what it did. And I want to say this morning that preaching has got to be bold and it's got to be balanced. I skipped a whole, I skipped a whole verse there, but I won't preach it. You can look at it. Verse 9. Balanced men in their stand, holding fast the faithful word. Balanced men in their teaching. They've been taught. Balanced men in their doctrine, that they may be able to, by sound doctrine, balanced men in their delivery, both to ex- exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Why does a man of God need to be balanced and be bold? I'll tell you why. Look at verse number 14. Paul told Titus, he said, Don't give heed to Jewish fables and the commandments of men that turn from the truth. Let me just stop and say this. We don't have Jewish fables that we're giving heed to. But I'll tell you what would be a good thing to insert right there. Don't give heed to a lot of the philosophies, the teachings, the podcasts, the, uh, the emails, the, the social media posts. I don't care how many people hits like on it. Don't you swallow it. I tell you, every time somebody comes up with something, something to say, you know where my mind goes to? What did God say about that? Not what my favorite preacher said about it. What did God say about it? Not what, not what is popular and trending, but what did God say about it? I'm going to tell you, the book never leads you wrong, does it? Brother, there's a lot of people, they gave heed to Jewish fables, not Jewish fables, but a lot of fables and a lot of commandments of men in the day that we're living. And it's what it's caused them to do. It's turned them from the truth. I'm going to tell you this morning, I think I'll just stick with my King James Bible. Amen. I think I'm just going to stick with the old time way. Amen. And I'm not afraid to say the old time way. A few years back, there were some people pounding that phrase, uh, old timey and old fashioned. Yeah, chalk it up. I've heard it all my life before them Johnny come lately's ever showed up and by the good grace of God go ahead and label it amen I plan on staying with the old time way the old fashioned way it's good enough for me praise God it's worked all these years it'll do while I'm living and thank God it'll do when I'm dying I'm staying with the book I'm staying with the old time way aren't you we're going to stay together and stick with it because it was right then and it's still right now hallelujah amen it's right. It's right when your kids are four, five, and six. It's right when they're 15, 16, and 17. It's right when they live by it. Hey, it's right when they become a prodigal. It's right, my friend, when the house is full. And it's right when the house is empty. Amen. It's right when people say amen. And it's still right when they say oh me. It's right when they're shouting. And it's right when they're pouting. I'm telling you, the book is right. It's always been right. And we just need to hold fast in these days. By the good grace of God, we don't want to back up one centimeter. Amen. Who said, well, I don't want to go down to that church, man. I'll tell you what, they're just legalistic. They got too many rules. And man, they just, uh, no, we're not legalistic. Uh, we're not trying to get anybody into heaven by keeping the law. Amen. Uh, well, I tell you, they're a bunch of Pharisees. No, we've not added anything to this book. Uh, and the difference is we're just not backing up. Uh, we're just not giving in. Uh, we're just not following the trends. Uh, we're just not keeping up with the times. Uh, we're just sticking with the truth. Uh, and it's still right. Hallelujah. Because it's the heart and the soul of this country. The Bible says unto the pure, all things are pure. You know this morning why you want to do right, dress right, live right? Because if, it's in, if you're pure, if it's in your heart, all things are pure. 
If you change your convictions because somebody you're close to changes theirs, all you're saying is it was never really in your heart anyway. It was never there. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. The Bible said, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Now this is an important verse I want to close with. They profess that they know God. But look at this. In works, they deny Him. Being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, they're a reprobate. Now hear me this morning. Well, Brother Gravely, I've heard a man get up and preach, and he preached the truth. Said he was saved, said he was called to preach. Yeah, they profess that they know God. But it works. They deny Him. Being abominable. Well, how can a man do those things and, and say that he's saved and called to preach? I don't know, but just because they profess they know God doesn't mean that they do. Learn behavior is all I know to say. You can learn behavior. And there's a lot of people this morning that listen, they, they walk away from preaching. They walk away from Bible preaching an old fashioned church and they make statements like this. Well, I used to go to an independent fundamental Baptist church but I got abused and I got beat up on and, and they just, uh, listen, a lot of fear mongering and a lot of, a lot of just old, uh, being hard and, and bad preaching and, and, and you know, I got free I got liberated. No, they profess that they know God but in works they deny Him. They went out from us. Why? Because they weren't of us. I'll hear some church brat say that. Well, I grew up in an independent fundamental Baptist church and I tell you, all I ever knew was, was long dresses and, and you know, uh, wearing a suit and going to church and singing in the choir and Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night and the King James Bible and all that kind of uh, stuff. And I'll tell you, they just made me feel inferior to society and I was mistreated by my parents because they wouldn't let me go anywhere and do anything and, and we was made to read the Bible every night uh, around the coffee table and have prayer before we go to bed. Uh, and I'll tell you, when I got grown and I got bigger. I got away from all that. I've been set free. No, you've never been saved. You know how I know that? Because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And I'm going to tell you the grace of God was enough for me to live for God. Go to church and hear a man of God get up and preach and I'd get under conviction about some of the ways I was dressing because a man of God preached it. My parents didn't care how I dressed but the Holy Ghost did. And I'd start to put on certain things or I'd start to take off certain things and the Holy Ghost would say, well, don't do that. Now you don't want to do that no more. You don't, you don't want to live that way. Hey, that Holy Ghost will talk to you. He will talk to you. Man, God preached on everything. I mean everything, brother. To the color of your shoes, He preached on it. Get down in your face as if if you were visiting the church, you would think He was calling that person out. And He was sometimes. But I thank God for that kind of preaching. I've had Him preach me down the aisle, but I've never had Him preach me out the door. made a lot of mistakes. But I sure am glad I never got mad at preaching. 
I'm not telling you I've always done right. Don't you thank God for men of God that would preach? I'll say this. I made this list last night. Brother Sammy Allen, Brother Stanley Ballou, Brother Ed Ballou, Brother Buster Seaton, Brother Berman Cape Sr. and Jr., Brother Billy Goolsby, Brother Lester Roloff, Brother Lee Robertson, Brother Harold Sotler, Brother Jack Kyles, Brother Curtis Hudson, Brother Gerald Smith, Brother C.L. Rhodes, Brother Haskell Malone, Brother W.W. W. Burns. W.W. W. Burns, it didn't matter if he started at Calvary, he would end up at the television every single time. Every time. Brother James Crumpton. I started writing down names of men of God. They didn't just preach, but they preached with power. They were statesmen. They were patriots. Brother Milford Biddle. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you, what you've seen in the pulpit is who they were every single day of their life. They didn't change because it was preaching time. Brother, they were real men of God. And we still got real men of God today. Don't you thank God for that? They were voices in this country that still echo today. In the heart and soul of America is God's preachers and old time preachers. I tell you something, you want to have revival in your heart? Do this. I challenge you this week. Don't turn your television on one time. But I'll tell you what I challenge you to do. We have so much access to everything. Why not use it for something good? Make your mind up you're going to listen to two sermons every single day. At least two. That's not a whole lot. Unless you get a hold of Brother Marin Atkinson. And that's an hour and a half sermon, okay? Oh, Brother Marin, he's in heaven. When I was a, teen, we was a teenager, old Brother Marion, when he, they, they'd say, Brother Marion Atkins is going to preach, I would say, oh, Lord, have mercy. Better pack a lunch. And I'd watch him preach, and I'm going to tell you, he would preach on, he may be preaching on Calvary, but he is going to preach on everything. And he is going to walk around, and there's no outline. You, you, you might as well put your paper and pen up. Because, I mean, it was an experience to see where you was going. But I tell you what I've seen every single time when Brother Marion would close his Bible and get done unknown, unknown while we were sitting there. But God just slowly moved in. And when he went to give that invitation, you, you could feel the drawing power of God. You know why? Because he's a great man of prayer. He walked with God. He, and God walked with him. And we need that this morning, don't we, church? As we stand, as they get us a song ready. Thank God for preaching. Thank God for preachers. Thank God for America. She's not, you say America's too far gone. Nineveh wasn't. I'm not giving up on this nation. I don't think you are either. I'm going to tell you why there's hope for America. Because you're looking at it this morning all across this building. We're the salt. The salt of this earth. We're the light of this world. And dear Christian, this morning 
What this world needs is holy men of God and women of God. And preaching is what keeps us where we need to be at. Preaching will, young people, it'll save, it'll give you the best life you'll ever know. Oh, embrace the preaching of the Word of God. And as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, others have come. If you need to come, you're invited to come. You may want to come this morning. You don't have to come. I don't want you to feel obligated if the Holy Spirit don't speak to you. But if you want to come and you need to come, then you ought to come this morning. Thank God for old time preaching. Where would I be? Where would you be at today if it wasn't for those men who labored in the gospel, labored in the book, and preached to our souls? Wow. As Sam sings, if you need to come.